These are the sounds of the Lincoln Recreation Center in College Station. If you've never been there, it's been where all ages have come to learn and play and make lasting friendships and memories for generations. And for the past 30 years, Lance Jackson's been an important part of all that. He's run the place for the last 23, and now he's decided it's time to go. I'm Communications Director Jay Sokol. A lot of us know Lance was a hard-hitting Temple Wildcat who came here in the early 1980s to play football for Texas A&M. He's much more than that, of course. So to give you a sense of who Lance Jackson is, I asked the person who probably knows him better than just about anyone else, Shalita Johnson, Assistant Supervisor at Lincoln Rec. Servant, brother, friend, leader, um, a well-rounded man, um, a father, mentor, um, a gentle soul, um, loving, compassionate, kind-hearted man. I know who you are now, or at least mm -hmm. I have a sense of who you are now, mm -hmm. but who were you before you came to Texas A&M in, was it 1981? Uh, yeah, I got to Texas A&M. Um, actually, I came a little earlier uh, to work out and get ready for school, but I got here like June of 81. But uh, prior to that, um, I was probably your uh, typical Texas uh, 70s kid that um, grew up playing baseball. That was probably the first uh, sport that I ex ex expelled at. I like to tell people, kids of that generation uh, play their, learn to play their Popeyes game first before they play any other sport. Okay. And uh, so, uh, when you pick up there, um, that's where uh, Parks and Recreation starts in my life. This was in Temple. In Temple. Okay. I live directly across the street from a, a park operations facility, and it's still there today. <laughs> and so um, I always tell people my field of dreams was a place called uh, Baker Field, and it's still there today. You know, we grew up as little kids watching senior baseball. And so when they wasn't playing senior baseball, the kids in my neighborhood, we would hop the fence and do pickup games and and we got to know uh, the staff there, Parks and Recreation staff, uh, whether they were cutting the fields, lining the fields, helping them set up concessions, um, shagging balls for snow cones. Um, but all the kids in the neighborhood had baseball gloves and bats and things. So anytime we could get up there, uh, we would play baseball games all day long and that would be after baseball season because um, we had another month to go before school start and football season starts so for us the seasons were uh, for sports where you had baseball little league baseball and then you had football uh, my first touchdown uh, I caught at Bakersfield um, flag football uh, played city rec uh, basketball um, at the city gym and so you kind of looked up to those guys they were the referees and uh, they cleaned the facilities and I just thought that they were kind of like some of my, my heroes because they uh, kind of helped 
you know, grew us up a little bit as kids because we spent a lot of time around them. Yeah. And um, there was a guy named Bill Northern. Uh, he was, uh, I think, very instrumental in just the kind of guy that he was, that, the way he treated us. I probably knew Bill from the time I was four years old that I could walk up to Bakersfield on my own. He worked for the city? He worked for the city. Okay. There's actually a baseball complex named after him now. Hmm. Yeah, in Temple. So, so baseball was a part of your life mm-hmm. early Big on. When, mm-hmm. did, when did it sort of transition into football? When did that come into your life? Mm, well, it had always kind of been part of my life because you have to remember back in those days, you know, the, the there were only two teams that we loved back then, obviously the Temple Wildcats and, uh, and then uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. And so those were the glory days. There were not any uh, Troy Eggman uniform jerseys and things like that. You know, you know, we had our favorite players, so we would get our uh, uh, t-shirts, white t-shirts, and get them marks a lot, blue marks a lot, and write our favorite players on there, put stars on them. What so, number did you write on yours? Oh, back then, uh, I think I was uh, Dwayne Thomas, number thirty-three. All right, you know, yeah. But um, football probably came uh, more. You know, as I think I can relate that more to the Temple Wildcat experience because for the even today, even the Temple kids now, you know, there's something about, you know, for us being a Temple Wildcat. Uh, and I think I can relate that to being an Aggie. Okay. It's something that is something you wanted to be as a child, you know. And so those guys are like heroes and. And I had relatives that play, and you just dreamed of it. And um, so, yeah, the focus was on being one of those guys early on because uh, I felt like they treated them like Temple I mean, the Temple Walkers, like Dallas Cowboys. You know, Mm -hmm. everybody in town Mm -hmm. knows them. If you ever go to a Temple football game. I've been to one. The the very... um, uh, well-supported team, well-traveled It's an uh, impressive fans, stadium, too. You know, and so um, even today, after 30-something years, if I go to games, people still recognize me from 78, 79, 80, those championship teams. Wow. And, uh, the guys that um, that I looked up to, you know, it's the same feeling. You know, I think Temple played uh, in the state playoffs the last two or three years. And so, you know, basically 24,000 people come to that game. And uh, so I get to see guys five, six years older than me, and I'm still awestruck at these guys. And guys see me, and they're awestruck. So I think you have to relate that to the Temple Wildcat, you know, you want to be one of those guys. And and so the thing about it is um, you find out later in life that guys like Bill Northern, all your little league coaches, your uh, football coaches, the referees, uh, the businessmen, all these people are connected in some way and they develop all these kids. So I know, uh, obviously, you were good enough on that Temple Wildcat football team mm-hmm. to where Texas A&M was mm-hmm. an option for you mm-hmm. to come play for the Aggies. Mm-hmm. And did you end up playing the same position here that you did in high school? 
Yeah, actually, uh, I did, but I always tell people that um, it's interesting because uh, one of my coaches, uh, Curly Hallman, uh-huh. um, who later, um, well, he attended and graduated A&M at 68. He was on that Gene Stylings team. Okay. And, um, but he came back with Jackie Cheryl, the coach. Um, and um, so he registered me uh, that first year that Jackie came in. And I was okay with that, you know. I didn't play a lot as a freshman. Uh, and so he saw that I could play both corners equally well. Um, I could play free. I could also play strong safety. And I was good at the nickel position and the dime position. So there was not one particular position that I played all the time except for uh, my base position, which was strong safety. And I'm going to get off of football here in a little mm-hmm. bit, but I got a couple more questions about it mm-hmm. because I, I didn't get to watch you. I didn't get here until the fall of 87, mm-hmm. and I, then you were already gone. Yeah. But uh, I want you to tell me, uh, and I understand you're a humble guy, mm-hmm. how good were you? And tell me uh, maybe about your memories of the 85 Cotton Bowl against Auburn and Bo okay. Jackson. Well, if if as far as how good how good how good was were I? I? Yeah. Well, uh, you probably have to ask guys like R.C. Uh, Slocum and guy. You know, um, I would say that um, the guys that I played with, uh, we were all equally talented. Some guys were big play guys. I was probably more the heady guy, uh, the smart guy, the guy that wasn't going to get out of position and, you know, participate in a play. Um, I started – um, probably the last five games of my redshirt junior year. And what people really don't know, I started the first either the five or six games and a guy named Domingo Bryant mm-hmm. would come off the bench after maybe I would be in there maybe two or three series. And then I would switch over to nickel or dime. And so uh, I think it was against the University of Houston uh, Cougars when we played here. Uh, I think I remember the date specifically. It was uh, it was either October the 12th or 13th of 85. So I tore my knee uh, ACL and so it was pretty much uh, that was the end of that. Um, uh, and I knew then. So uh, I did not get to play in the actual Cotton Bowl. Okay. But I did um, rehab myself enough, and I don't think that my coaches uh, wanted to take that opportunity thinking that I might have an opportunity to sign a free agent contract. So, uh, but what I did do is, um, I don't know if you remember the old USFL league. Oh, sure, yeah. 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 A lot of us guys got drafted. You know, but we also kind of anticipated that the league was going to fold. Right. <laughs> and right. so um, I still have the contract uh, somewhere in a uh, a lockbox, uh, one of those little locker boxes. And uh, so, so it was Jacksonville Bulls and I had a little agent. And um, uh, But the one thing I wanted to do is I didn't have a desire to, to keep playing, but I, I wanted to make sure – that I go as far as I could so that, like now, when I think back on it, man, I wish I would have uh, 
at least tried, you know. Yeah. So uh, uh, worked out uh, in mini camp, not not mini camp. Yeah, yeah, it was a mini camp. Uh, a couple of mini camps. I would go down to the, the Oilers, mm-hmm. and uh, our, that year they had drafted a guy named uh, Jimbo Elliott uh, out of Purdue. Okay. And uh, I remember going there and working out and covering guys and stuff, doing drills, and uh, picked him off in uh, in like a little pass hole. And um, so they had a couple of all-pro cornerbacks, a couple of guys named, uh, I don't remember their first name, but I just remember their numbers. They were number 29 and 24. Uh, last names were Jackson and Brown. And um, it was at the end of one of those little sessions, and we were all cleaning our cliques and stuff. And they said to me, hey, man, um, you got some good technique, man. And, you know, I was like, what? (laughs) These guys think my stuff is good? That's all I need to hear. And uh, probably two weeks later, June 1st, 86. Uh, I was working at the Lincoln Center. (laughs) (laughs) Just like that? Just like that. Mm -hmm. When my son uh, played in the youth rec basketball leagues uh, several years ago, he played over a period of two or three summers. And Lance was one of those guys. He was always seemed to be the first guy in the building. He was the last one to leave after all the games were played. And that just showed that the, the commitment and dedication he had uh, not only to the kids, but to the city of College Station and, and the programs that we have. Okay, so we can we can mm-hmm. transition out of football now. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to hear those stories because mm-hmm. that's important in terms of where you were mm-hmm. before you came to us. Mm-hmm. So talk about the path, whether, uh, and you have a little bit, but either straight or winding that got you into the Lincoln Recreation Center. Well, you know, here's another thing. You know, while I was uh, back home, you know, um, I started working early. I remember my brother had a couple of um, we had paper routes when we were like 12 and 13. And so they had the old JTPA program. Uh, some, I think it was called CETA, then JTPA. I don't know what they call it now. I don't really have it anymore, but... Uh, so I had an opportunity to work at the Boys and Girls Club um, in Temple every summer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so um, I was at that point where I needed a, uh, to work. Um, still in school. Uh, football was over for me. What can I do? And so I had p- applied for a position at where the old Wells Fargo's building is now. They had like a club or something up there. It was called the Brazos Club. I don't know if it was a gentleman club, but it was a, a, maybe a porter position. Up on the top yeah, floor? on the top floor. Okay. I applied for that. I applied for, um, what's the place called uh, now? It was one of our first private uh, uh, fitness places here. Um, Are you talking about Aerofit? Aerofit. Okay. Aerofit has just started. And then I saw that there was a position with uh, Parks and Rec. So I applied for a lot of positions. Uh, On this one particular day, all three called. And one position was for like $6.20. 
One was like $6.79, and one was like $4 an hour. And um, I chose the $4 an hour job. That was a record center. Doing what? Being a recreation center, a recreation assistant. Because I knew I could do it. I knew I had did that at the Boys and Girls Club, and it was my back interest into Parks and Rec. And so that's how I got back involved with it. So what was Lincoln Rec like when you got there? It was very much like everything that I had participated in as uh, adolescent and teen. Uh, what's unique about it is back in those days, the neighborhood, the way it was set up, was very uh, um, resembles my neighborhood very much, uh, if I can describe it to you. Uh, Baseball field, uh, school, railroad tracks, um, low-income housing, um, very poor folks, um, and um, the school, when I learned the history of Lincoln, one of the things was that a couple of elementaries that I attended uh, were the... Temple Dunbar High School, which were the segregated schools, Wheelie Elementary and then Bird of Dunbar Elementary. Uh, the school colors were purple and white, Temple Dunbar. Um, mascot, Panther. So there were a lot of parallels. Very much so. So to me, it was like I came home. And real quickly, mm-hmm. for people who may not know the history of the Lincoln Recreation mm-hmm. Center and, and the school that was there mm-hmm. prior. G- give a quick Just briefly, um, you know, uh, belonged to the A&M Consolidated School District. It was a segregated school uh, where most of the African-American kids in the community went to school in grades 1st through 12th uh, from 1941 through 65 until we had the school fire, fire there which burnt up most of the primary buildings. And um, a lot of the kids dispersed, went to Kemp School and some other schools around here until integration, which would have been about 70, 71. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Lincoln Rec, you talked a little bit about um, it it was kind of the center of that neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, What does it mean today, in your opinion, Uh, not just for the neighborhood, but for College Station, for the community? Oh, man. I think just for College Station, over the years that I've been affiliated with the Lincoln Center, which off and on has been uh, 30 years, um, you have to think about the the commonality and the connectedness that people have. The kids who grew up in that community, roughly three or four generations of kids, really, that I've been involved with, over the years, the friends that they have in other schools, uh, the ties to the school district, uh, the things that we've been able to do there uh, from athletic events, social events, spiritual events. Uh, I don't know too many people, and I don't want to sound like I'm saying it the wrong way, but uh, I think that a lot of people within the Brazos Valley are, are aware of what the Lincoln Center means and where it is and uh, what it has meant to uh, a particular neighborhood and a group of 
of former students uh, to this city, uh, to our parks board, you know, our mayors. Uh, we try to do all that we can do to include people and bring people together. I think that's the whole job, the whole thing about uh, parks and recreation is that we have an opportunity to bring people together who ordinarily wouldn't have that opportunity to be together. Right. And, uh, and what we do best is that we create memories for people. And so from, for me, you know, whether it be working with uh, some of the private schools who use the facility, the home schools, the churches, um, the student organizations, uh, um, the relationship that we have with the school district, some of the projects that we've done with the school district, a lot of things we've done there, you know. Um, uh, I just think that um, it's one of the jewels uh, here in College Station. And it's just been my experience that anybody that's been associated with it and affiliated with it, they take a lot of pride in it. They don't have to attend it as a child. But wherever I go, you know, um, people just seem to be proud of it. Mm. And, and I think some of the citizens uh, in College Station, when they do cross paths and they walk through the center, they're impressed or they really appreciate uh um, I like to say what uh, Mr. Beachy said, Steve Beachy, you know, as when he retired, you know, and, and it made me feel so good to hear him say it, you know, that uh, uh, some of the best money, or, or as he said it, he thinks the best money that he spent in his tenure here with the City College Station uh, was at the Lincoln Center. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. Well, I know there was clearly a history and a legacy that already existed mm -hmm. uh, on those grounds before you really walked in. But, mm -hmm. but once you did and once you took charge, did you have specific plans uh, and things you wanted to achieve? Mm -hmm. And uh, did you get some pushback? Like people didn't want some change coming? Uh, talk about that. Well, I can freely admit that um, nobody told me no. <laughs> and uh, so I don't have know, that been, problem, by the way. <laughs> People tell me no all the time. So. Nah, it's it's been you know, uh, I mean, from for me day one, you know, uh, I don't know about the people here in College Station. How you know. I put it this way. When people ask me about, especially people at Temple, man, you still live down there? Why do you live in Bryan College Station? Well, well, people have always treated me so good. Why would I leave, you know? But for me coming into it, it was all about growing the place and connecting people. I wanted people in their neighborhood to have uh, some experiences. And I wanted people that lived in the city to be able to interact with them and share with them, you know, some of the best things that happened, you know, in College Station, and, in, and including Brian. You know, that was my whole purpose was to, I'm not saying show value, but I wanted everybody to appreciate the opportunities to to do something together, you know, and it's been a lot of that, you know. Um, 
I'm very proud, you know, of what uh, this city and this department has helped, you know, um, accomplish over there. Because there's been some, some great things that have happened there. When you, when you say Lance Jackson, I think of that charismatic individual, that leader, that person that can get things done, uh, but not with the whip, but, but more of the, the honey. And uh, he, he's an incredible individual. Well, because I only know what I know, mm-hmm. and, and that is there, there are young people there. Mm-hmm. There are old people there. Yes. There are people there uh, everywhere in between. All the time. Uh, seems like night and day. Mm-hmm. You've got events there, mm-hmm. special events like crazy. Mm-hmm. You've got athletics. Mm-hmm. You've got academics. Mm-hmm. You've got... Um, just pure recreation. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you mm-hmm. got a, a splash pad that's back in mm-hmm. in service. Yes, sir. You have uh, uh, funeral services there. Yes. You've got. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, there is so much, and mm-hmm. I don't know if that's always been the case or if these are sort of little legacies of Lance Jackson. I wouldn't say it's me, but I would say um, again. I go back to family reunions. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of it. Yeah. Uh, no, nah, I just think it's just, to me, it's all about who you are and where you come from. And and it's all about giving. That's my whole thing is, you know, two things. Um, spirit of gratefulness every day and and to be a giver. And, and I felt like if I could just demonstrate those two things and at the same time take very good care of the place you know the facility you right. know right uh take a lot of pride in it and make sure we kept it clean and safe and everybody had an opportunity to to connect and and have some fun that everything else would take care of itself and i think if we if we maximize our potential to do um, the public some good, that they would uh, be there for us and uh, support us. You know, uh, if um, if I said that we had um, a national uh, Indian powwow there, yeah, believe it. If I said that um, the uh, uh, we had. Um, for the Republican primary uh, last uh, season, uh, those guys felt welcome to come over there and do some of their uh, Brazos County, you know, convention work. Right. You know, so it's there for everybody. You just have to utilize it. You know, we all have uh, participated, in, you know, in one way or another outside of Lincoln Center. Why can't we do it there? And that's always been. Uh, what my ambition has been about that is not just a center for one, but it's a center for all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is a, it's a trite sounding question mm-hmm. um, because I think anybody who's walking out the door gets asked this, especially if you've been around a long time. But I, I'm sincere when I ask, what are some of those standout moments that you are super proud of that, that uh, immediately come to mind? Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> well, um, to date, 
Uh, we are nearing the completion of the uh, 2003 uh, W. W. Tarrell uh, Park and Lincoln Center Corridor Master Plan. Um, I, th I would say um, serving uh, the uh, Katrina uh, uh, and Rita evacuees, uh, that was, um, it was almost like um, when that happened, and that was the one time that I was actually going to take two weeks of vacation. <laughs> And uh, Mr. David Gerling called me and said, uh, we got to set things up. So I didn't believe him, but, yeah, um, Katrina, um, I think one of the things I'm very proud of is that uh, I'm a family history uh, researcher. Okay. And it took me about three years to research all sides of my family, and I was able to have uh, a family reunion of my own. Uh, there at the center. We had about 350 relatives show up. Holy cow. Yeah, that was in uh, 2012. Um, man, I, this, that's a list of things that I could really talk about. And then, you know, I would like to mention that um, if some people have probably recently heard uh, that I did uh, graduate from Texas A&M this past spring. Right. Uh, and I'm very honored and proud that uh, my employer, my department, uh, was very supportive of me uh, this past two years. Uh, I would say part of that degree is dedicated to a lot of people who supported me here. Um, and not just, you know... Uh, the city too, but uh, obviously the athletic department, uh, um, Shalita Johnson and Markeisha Watson, they were very, I don't think I, like I said, I don't think I would have went back the last couple of years if I didn't have them there, um, you know, supporting me. And that's the assistant center supervisor um, and uh, secretary there. Uh, um, something that I've been trying to do for the last 30 years. <laughs> and uh, but um, nah, it was. Uh, I think it uh, hopefully will be helpful to some people who thinking about doing something like that for themselves. It may not be school, anything that they they want to accomplish in life. But just don't give up on uh, your dreams. That's all I can tell you. And so it happened for me. By the way, that ring looks pretty good on your hand. Yeah, thank you. It feels kind of good. <laughs> How strange is it to see the children and maybe even the grandchildren uh -huh. of, of the first groups that you mentor at Lincoln Rack? Does that well, happen? It happens every day. It just happened um, uh, this morning, as a matter of fact. Um, um, actually, one of our uh, and employees, his name is uh, Frederick Robinson uh, Sr. Uh, he uh, works uh, in uh, for, I think, Water Services. And uh, his son and daughter attends there. And he was uh, talking to me this morning about, you know, everything that's happened here recently. And so uh, the new construction is not almost finished, but it's getting there. So I took him on a quick little tour, yeah. and, um, and he was just reminiscing about uh, 
how he and his brother, uh, JJ, would, uh, uh, wouldn't even eat breakfast, barely wipe their eyes trying to get to Lincoln Center and how he was there every day. And I know we used to open on Saturdays and they would beat me there, you know. And um, But I've had the privilege of uh, um, serving... I think the oldest kids are probably closer to my age, uh, but the oldest kids are between uh, the ages of 35 and 47. Wow. And then their kids came through, and grandkids are coming through, and <laughs> no, not, I won't be there for the great-grandkids. Say, Sorry. You're, you're not even that old, <laughs> Lance. You're really not that old. Mm-hmm. What do you hope happens? Because so many things are in motion right mm-hmm. now, uh, things that you help make happen. What do you hope happens at Lincoln Rec after you leave in the, in the coming years? Well, in the coming years, uh, I wanted to continue on a path that is going, um, serving not just um, this particular community to be of some use to uh, this Brazos Valley, you know, as a whole, um, in some regional uh, aspects, you know. It already is, actually. And um, that we continue to grow the park. Uh, there are some... Um, undeveloped uh, uh, acreage over there that I really think would be an awesome uh, second festival site. So, um, yeah, I would like to see it continue to grow in that uh, multi-generational uses. Um, um, I would like uh, to see more um, actually more rec centers here in College Station. I think um, the citizens are um, most deserving um, you know, as this place continues to grow. And I don't think people realize that um, uh, there's different types of communities, uh, athletic communities here in College Station. You know, you know, there's uh, Little League and you have um, uh, soccer and um, volleyball and then there's basketball. Uh, our location obviously is so prime because you you can see that in our seven on seven uh, things that we host here, the football competitions and championships that we host here. Yeah. Uh, but there's room for growth, and you know, I've always been about K through eight. That's always been in my head. What can we do tomorrow for these guys? How can we help all these kids develop? You know. So the the Bill Northern and the Gene Pemberton and the 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 Eli Weddington and the Lillian Robinson, you know, and the Steve Beachy, and yes, the Lance Jackson and me uh, wants uh, everybody to have the same opportunity that I had growing up and the kids over at the Lincoln Center had growing up. We just need more facilities for the, the families and especially the youth that are growing in. We got four high schools. We need to develop some more kids. Right. So taking a step back and looking at it all, mm-hmm. what did you think this whole thing was going to be like? What did it turn out to be, and how do those two differ? Okay. Well, what I thought on my first day as center supervisor, which would have been September 18th, 1997, on that first day I walked in, um, I thought to myself, 
We need to grow. And I need some more space because we're going to do many things here at the center. Did that happen? Sure did. Uh, how did that happen? Well, uh, had some great people uh, in this community to work with. Uh, great city councils, very supportive mayors, great supervisors, you know, community support. That's how it happened, you know, collaborations, um, community outreach, um, and just involving everybody in the center and taking pride in what we what we did. And I think by demonstrating that, everybody wanted to uh, participate in it. And so for me, it happened. And and I'll mention it again. Um, I'm, I'm extremely grateful. Uh, for the opportunity to 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 be given the opportunity to be center supervisor and a chance to uh, not only uh, have an impact on youth but reciprocal. It had such a, a big impact on my life because as the kids were growing and the center was growing, I was growing too. So what's next for you? Well, uh, <laughs> that is to be determined. Um, this is one of those situations where um, I certainly don't think I, I reached the, the, the pinnacle uh, or I've, I've reached uh, the top of this field. But I do think that uh, every experience that you have, uh, whether I was working with uh, uh, Brazos County Juvenile Services back in the day, uh, a lot of people don't realize I worked about 10 years for uh, MHMR for the Brazos Valley. I used to be uh, working the residential part of it, the therapeutic part, and I spent probably half of that as a case manager. I see. Yeah, and uh, and so I got opportunity to work in uh, youth development, community development. Um, so you take the combination of all that experience and you say, okay, well, what else can I do? Uh, I believe that I'm prepared to do whatever it is that anybody will give me an opportunity to do. It is, this is not um, right now a, a retirement per se. It's just saying thank you, College Station, for everything that you did for Lance Jackson. I really do appreciate everybody that ever came through that door. You just don't know. And um, But it's time to uh, try something different. And I guarantee you, whatever I get an opportunity to do, I'll make you extremely proud. Well, all I can say is thank you for everything you've done for the city, mm -hmm. for the multiple generations who have come through Lincoln mm -hmm. Recreation Center, mm -hmm. and for being a terrific ambassador. Thanks for everything. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Jay. My guest was Lance Jackson, director of the Lincoln Recreation Center for the past 23 years. Along the way, you not only heard from his assistant director, Shalita Johnson, but also from communications manager, Colin Killian, and our director of parks and recreation, David Schmitz. I'm gonna let neighborhood services coordinator, Barbara Moore, close things out for us. I asked her how she thinks the Lance will be remembered. So before you hear from Barbara, let me just say thanks for listening to this edition of the College Station Podcast. I'm Jay Sokol. I think the legacy of Lance Jackson will be the um, countless lives of youth and families that he touched here in the Brazos Valley um, as the director of the Lincoln Recreation Center. 
I think he gave so many youth the inspiration um, and the direction and guidance to aim higher, push harder, and never quit and continue to work to be their best. And I know that there are many, many now young adults um, who've benefited from his guidance while at Lincoln Center. And I know that the youth and um, families in this community are grateful to him having given his time as the director of the Lincoln Recreation Center for so many years. And I'm sure he'll be missed by them and many others.